Welcome to the Abundant and Aligned podcast, where we welcome women who are ready to live the life of their dreams. So if that's you, I'm so glad you're here. I'm Jess, your host and your new bestie, here to remind you to dream big, live with intention and believe that actually, yes, you can. Here, we talk all things mindset and personal development. We are on a mission to create abundance in all areas of our life and playing small just isn't our jam. So if you're ready to expand your mind to the possibilities, turn off autopilot and start showing up with intention, buckle up for the ride. We are abundant and aligned. Hello and welcome back to the Abundant and Aligned podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode. I hope you're having an incredible week as always. Now, before we kick off today's episode, which is going to be a pretty raw and vulnerable episode, um, which I'll get to in a second. But before we go into that, I wanted to have a chat about Alchemy Lane because this morning I woke up and I literally had the biggest download from the universe about what's next for Alchemy Lane, what that's going to look like over the next month and moving on, you know, into the future. Um, And essentially this download was to make Alchemy Lane the hub for women that is known, so well known all over the world as a place where they can come and dive into their mindset, surround themselves with women who believe in a new way of doing things, who believe in true abundance and true freedom, and who are just on a mission to create the most beautiful life, the life of their dreams, Um, a hub where they can come and just tap into resources, not only from me, but from other women as well around topics in mindset, alignment, female empowerment, understanding your menstrual cycle, growing your business as a female entrepreneur, all of the things, um, which is obviously what Alchemy Lane is at the moment. But like, I just want to take it to this, a whole new scale and just explode it so that it is just, yeah, this platform that is so well known to all women um, and a place that they can come. But in saying that, Alchemy Lane is currently open and it is already incredible. We have four, five months worth of content in there already um, in terms of the topics. There's foundations for success. There's a money mindset one. There is one on becoming her. So all about female empowerment, understanding your menstrual cycle. There's also one on quantum leaping. So really understanding the energetics behind manifestation and how you can really collapse time and bring your desires to you and actually attract them, like be a magnet for whatever it is that you want. Um, so that is like a little glimpse into the topics in there already. And each topic has a workshop, a meditation, podcast episodes, guest speakers, a bonus library full of like behind the scene podcast episodes. Um, What else is in there? There's a community of women. So we have threads where women just come on and share their wins. Like I just had my biggest month in business or just manifested my dream home or whatever. It's yeah, it's incredible. So if, if this sounds like something you need to be a part of, definitely get yourself into Alchemy Lane. Um, And, you know, the price is what the price is. And I have no intentions of changing it anytime soon. But in saying that, it has kind of crept up since the doors to Alchemy Lane opened um, and a few members got in on the foundation membership price and it has gone up. So if you want to secure the price that it is now, I would not waste a a single second and go and become a member of Alchemy Lane while the price is that. And just get around the incredible community that we have. So I did just want to spend some time going over Alchemy Lane before we dive in. But 
in terms of today's episode, like I said, it's going to be more of a raw, vulnerable um, type of episode because what I want to do is just talk about limiting beliefs and talk about how hard it can be as a woman who got brought up on certain limiting beliefs and who is trying to now create a life of true abundance, true freedom, true overflow. And before I go on to talking about today's episode, I want to put a disclaimer. (laughs) If my mom's listening to this, especially, I I know my dad won't be, but sometimes mom tunes in. I had the best upbringing. I am so grateful for everything that I had throughout my entire life so far. My parents are the best. I I'm obsessed with my family. I always say that on here, but I I just had the best childhood. There's nothing that I didn't have. And I'm going to talk about my childhood in a second, but yeah, me and my siblings had the best life that we had all the things we, we had incredible holidays. Um, and I know my mom and dad did the best job ever. And I'm just, I love them to bits and I'm so grateful for the life that they've given me and all the lessons they've taught me and the beliefs that they have ingrained in me because, you know, there are so many things that they taught me that now have made me the woman I am today. And in particular, the drive that I have to create an incredible life, the the consistency that I can pour into my business, to the gym, just anything I do. Like dad brought us up that, you know, hard work will pay off. And if you want something, go after it. And, you know, there's nothing you can't do. So things like that have definitely made, well, yeah, definitely made a print in my life. And um, I'm so grateful for that. But I, I did just want to talk about today, yeah, just some limiting beliefs and and some things that have, I guess, yeah, beliefs that I got brought up on, things that I got told growing up, the type of um, household that I got brought up in that did and has made it difficult for me to navigate the online business world and be an entrepreneur. And as I said, tap into a life of true abundance and overflow and financial freedom. Um, The reason I wanted to share this today is because I know I have a lot of listeners who are like me and The episodes where I share more about this stuff seem to be the ones where a lot of women come and say, wow, I just listened to your story and I really resonate with that. And I think a lot of the time this stuff isn't spoken about it. We see women on TikTok and Instagram and whatever, like, and I feel like even more so now, especially with TikTok, I'm finding anyway, um, women in their twenties are just building these incredible lives where they've got, you know, the flashy handbags and the beautiful cars and the online businesses that are just booming and they're in so much momentum. And, you know, you look at that and you're like, how did you get there? And, you know, I I think that kind of stuff is so inspiring. And I definitely like to bring a lot of that to my social media platforms as well to show everyone what is possible. So I do love that we are living in a world now where women as young as, you know, like 21 year olds are creating a life of true abundance and, and and time freedom. But I think what's not spoken enough is the obstacles that some people have to go through in order to get to that life. And sometimes it's not as easy for some. So I wanted to talk about today, I wanted to give you a glimpse into kind of my upbringing and the beliefs that I got brought up on and how that played out in the early stages of business. And to be honest, it still comes up and how I've been able to work through those unconscious limiting beliefs and yeah, the beliefs and the programming that was ingrained in me when it came, comes to things like money and, 
you know, work and creating success. So like I said at the start, I love my family. I love my parents, but a bit of background. So mom and dad are still together. They're still married, which is amazing. I've got two siblings, um, a younger brother and a younger sister. We, I grew up in Canberra. Dad was self-employed, so he had his he owned his own butcher shop and he had that before I was even born. So my entire life dad was self-employed and mum was a stay-at-home mum. So she used to be a hairdresser and then I think when I was like when I was born, I think she cut back hours, but then she had my brother and sister, so she by the time maybe I was like four or five, she completely stopped work and she was just a stay-at-home mum. So it was so I was so lucky to have mum at home and yeah, our household was incredible because of that. I think, you know, we'd come home from school or mum would pick, mum would take us to school every day, pick us up from school every day, or at least pick us up from the end of the driveway when the bus dropped us off. Cause we lived on a property and the driveway was like, oh, I don't know, maybe 150 meters. And uh, we used to get so annoyed at mum if she didn't come and pick us up <laughs> from the start of the driveway. And if we had to walk that, so, but she did, she would make sure she was there at the, at the front of the driveway to pick us up when the bus dropped us off. Um, and yeah, and then the afternoon she'd have like pikelets cooking or just like really yummy afternoon tea. And, you know, she cooked incredible meals and like, yeah, she was just the best mum in school holidays. We could go and have fun. And so, yeah, that's kind of like the picture of mum and dad and the dynamic there. Um, dad worked a lot. So he, yeah, had his own, his own shop. He was self-employed and he worked six days a week. Um, he'd leave at like 7 a.m. in the morning and wouldn't get home till 7 p.m. Um, so, yeah, he worked really hard. So that's, what I got brought up on in terms of work ethic and in terms of what success looked like. And that was to work super hard and, and many hours and for many years. And, um, you know, I got brought up on, on the belief and kind of, yeah, the upbringing was you work really, really, really hard until you're like at the point where you can retire. Um, and dad was able to retire young. He retired at 50. He's now retired now and they're, and they're living the life. They've got the caravan and they're traveling and all of that. But dad sacrificed a lot in order to grow his business, in order to give us the life that we had. And then in order to, you know, get to retirement at 50 and then go and have fun. Um, so that's kind of, that's how I got brought up. And, you know, I said at the start, I, we had everything. We were, we were so lucky as kids, like Christmas and birthdays were incredible. We, we got so many presents. We lived on a property. We had 40 acres. So we had a car that we used to drive around the paddock in. We had a boat, we had motorbikes, we had horses. Like you're probably thinking like, how I don't understand how you'd have limiting beliefs when it came to money. So I will get to that. So yeah, we had all of these incredible things, but in terms of money, dad, obviously had a successful business. Um, I didn't know how successful it was until actually quite recent. Um, we obviously had all these things, but in terms of money, dad would regularly make comments about things being expensive or, you know, just make a note about, yeah, how much things cost. Um, and obviously as a, as a young child, um, and I mean, I can do a whole different podcast episode about the unconscious beliefs, uh, sorry, the unconscious programming when you are younger, your brainwaves are different. So you take everything in as truth. So obviously I'm assuming dad's always been like this, but I'm just, um, recalling the things that I remember, but yeah, I remember dad making a lot of comments about things being expensive, or he would just always make a comment about how much things cost. And honestly, he still does. Um, and like, if we had an incredible holiday, 
up on the Gold Coast or whatever, you know, it, it was, it was fun. We'd do the theme parks, we'd go out for dinner, but dad would make comments like, oh my God, like this trip was so expensive. Like I need to get back to work to be able to afford this and stuff like that. So like my association to money was firstly, you have to work really hard in order to have money. Um, and that, it was limited and it was, it was, it was going to run out. Um, and I'm going to get into kind of how this has played out for me in, in my adulthood and especially in business. But, um, I worked with a mentor and they said that you get your money mindset usually from your female guardian. So in my case, it was my mum. And so, as I said, mum was a stay at home mum, so she didn't earn her own money. Well, obviously, you know, yeah, dad's business was mum's money as well, but you know what I mean? And this was back in the day where like cash was big. And like, I think my dad's honestly only just moving to using an FPOS card. Like he's, I guess having your own business, he's just always had cash in the till. I don't know. So we, we always had cash, but if mum needed money, if we were going to the shops, if we were going to the movies, if, if we were going to do grocery shopping, like whatever, mum would ask dad for money. And he should be like, I'm going to the grocery sh- store to get groceries like I need some money and dad would open up his wallet and hand over some cash and then off we would go to the shops and I remember when we would be out and about like mum would make comments like oh we've we've only got this much money left can't do that or can't do this and obviously we had more money but in order to get more money we had to go back to dad and ask for more cash um obviously they had fpos cards i should ask actually ask why they never used them but i just remember it was always cash and we would always be asking dad for cash um and yeah dad had his own butcher shop and i remember so many times where we'd be out and about and we'd have to call into the butcher shop and mum would have to ask dad for some more money and he'd hand over some more cash and then off we'd go. So the associate, the association I had with money was, okay, we've got this much money in, in terms of cash. And once it runs out, that's it. Like that's it for the day. Um, or we have to ask dad for some more. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, it, it makes sense. And I'm going to get to how this panned out in my business. Um, but my association with money was limited and scarce because it was like, okay, we've got this much. We need to be careful how much we spend because it's going to run out. Um, And as I said before, like dad would make regular comments about, oh, that was expensive or what you need more money. Like I I gave you $200 yesterday and like make comments like that. So I also built up this kind of this guilty association with money that um, you were doing the wrong thing if you spent a lot of it and you should, you know, don't spend money on things you don't need. Um, And yeah, that brings me to my next point was, you know, the association in money with my family was to survive. So Yes, we had, yeah, I'll preface that. We did have like a boat, motorbikes, horses, birthdays were incredible. Christmases were incredible. So yeah, we definitely had like things like that and um, flashy stuff, but mum didn't have designer handbags. I never walked into Louis Vuitton or Gucci or, you know, places like that when I was younger. It was like, you know, the rich people shop at those places and we weren't considered a rich family. Um so yeah, it was just like, you just, I just, I just could never imagine having the money or even if I had the money using money to spend it on things like designer handbags or, you know, first class travel, things like that. Um, it was like, you make money to survive. Um, and then if you've got things left over, you know, obviously spend it on a car or things like that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of my upbringing. Um, and then in terms of how this all played out and, 
you know, if you're new to discovering your uh, money mindset and how understanding your unconscious beliefs when it comes to money and success and all of this stuff. Um, yeah, if you're anything like me, I you probably have no idea kind of what your programming was until you sit down and flesh it out. Like, okay, what was mum and dad like with money? How were they like? Um, how, how did they talk about money around me? What kind of feeling did I get around money when I was growing up? And when I reflect on that, yeah, it's like that feeling of guilt for spending money, that feeling of it's, it's always going to run out. We need to be careful how we're spending it. Um, you know, go for the cheaper things and stuff like that. Um, so how that played out in my adult life was I had a really scarce mindset with money and it's taken me a lot a couple of years really and a lot of inner work to try and reprogram the way I've I've looked and felt about money um but yeah just a real scarce mindset with money as if as I said it's it's always going to run out and it's a limited resource and if I have money I need to kind of yeah be really careful how I spend it as if it's the last dollar I'm ever going to make um and I I really looked at spending money as if like this either or thing so you know dad brought us up on buy a house as soon as possible, buy a house, buy land, like, you know, save all your money to buy a house. Um, in saying that though, I, I have traveled to Europe and America, my brothers and my sister, both of them, we've all done a lot of overseas travel, but dad's like, okay, that's enough now, like buy a house. Um, so it's really been ingrained. or It was ingrained in me, this either or. So if I buy a house, I can't travel. Or if I travel, I can't buy a house. It was never this thing like, okay, we'll just earn enough money to do both. So it was like, okay, I need to sacrifice things in order to buy other things. And as I said, just looking at money, like it was super limited and I couldn't have it all. Um, I also never, ever had savings. Um, what I would do is save for something and then spend every cent. Like, so for example, when I went to Europe, I was 21. I worked around the clock. I had three jobs and literally worked every day, all day to save enough money for Europe. I saved $30,000 on my own. And then I took myself to Europe and I spent every single cent of my $30,000 came back broke. Then I bought a house, um, sorry, a car. I got a loan for that. Um, dad's like, don't get a loan, save the $20,000 and then buy the car outright. But obviously I was impatient. So I got a loan and um, yeah, so then I was just like broke. And then I went to America. So same thing. I saved for America and then spent every single cent. Um, and I've since learned that subconsciously I wasn't used to having money or subconsciously I wasn't programmed to be in overflow. So, you know, if I had money, I would unconsciously spend every single cent so that I was back to being broke, which was what was comfortable for me. Um, honestly, I've, and this is yeah, being super vulnerable and open with you guys up until the last couple of years, I literally, I've done amazing things, but I've never had money. As I said, I would, I would be like, okay, I'm going to Europe, save, and then spend every single cent in Europe, come home broke, start from scratch, save for America, come home broke, start from scratch. Um, I've had credit cards that have maxed out. I've, I've, I've been in a place where I've stressed about money. Um, yeah, it's, it, it wasn't pretty for me and unconsciously. And, and what I've learned is, yeah, I just had this really scarce association with money that it was either really hard to come by, really hard to make. And so then if I ever did have money, that was uncomfortable for me. So I would unconsciously spend every single cent so that I was back to being broke, which is what was comfortable for me. Um, which is kind of weird that it played out that way in my adulthood. Cause as I said, growing up, 
Um, yes, we had to ask dad for money, but when I was younger, it was like dad's money was unlimited in that. He just always had money. He's like, okay, here you go. Here's more, here's more. And as I said, we had all of these incredible things. And I remember being at school thinking, oh yeah, I think our family is doing better than your family because um, how weird is it how kids think? But we have a motorbike each and we have a horse each and we have boats and like we have all these cool things. Um, but yeah, so that's, it's interesting that it kind of played out that, that way in my adulthood. Um, but yeah, it did. And then another thing that I, uh, another thing association I had with money was, um, money is to survive. So no matter what during my adulthood, I always had enough money to survive. So I've, I've, no matter how much I was earning, no matter how broke I was, no matter how many credit cards I had, I always had money for rent, always had money for my phone bill, electricity, getting my, putting petrol in my car, getting my car service, registering my car. Like I always had things for the survival stuff, but never anything left over for going and buying a designer handbag or, you know, going on really expensive, lavish holidays, whatever. Um, which is also interesting as well. And I guess it goes back to the way I was brought up was, yeah, dad had a huge, put a huge emphasis on us on, um, you make money, I guess to survive. Yeah. He's like, you make money to buy a house and then you put money away for super and you save up your super so that you can retire, you know, one day and you're not working until you're 80. And that was kind of what money was for was just to survive. Um, and then we'd go on a couple of holidays through the year, but that's it. You know, you've got to, you've got to get back to work. You've got to work. You've got to make money. And that was, that was what it was ingrained in us. Um, and yeah, another thing that really played out for me in adulthood, and I've, I really, really, really felt this in business. And I'm sure a lot of women can relate to this was in order to grow my business, in order to make money, I had to work really, really hard. Um, like I said before, dad worked six days a week. So I had this, association that in order to make money, I had to work really, really hard and it would take many, many years. Um, I guess that maybe came back to the fact that we got brought up on like, you work really, really hard so that you can retire at like 50 or 60. So that was imprinted on me. You work for many years and there's no such thing as easy money. There's no such thing as making money with ease. It's like you work hard and then you'll, you'll earn money. So that really was difficult for me coming into business because I I started, um, if you guys know my journey, if not, I started in network marketing. I had a business with Arbon for a couple of years. That was my first step into entrepreneurship and working for myself. Um, that type of business model is a passive income. So you can essentially make money without physically showing up. You know, obviously you've got to do some work and whatever, but you can be making money while you're not physically showing up for work. But I struggled with that. And in my mind, if I wasn't physically working, I wouldn't make any money. Um, So the business didn't get to a point where the passive income was really coming in like it was to an extent, but it wasn't in big momentum. The passive income that other people in network marketing spoke about wasn't something I was experiencing. And I I put it down to the fact that, yeah, I, I felt that if if I wanted to make money, I had to work. And so therefore, when I was still working in my nine to five job, I had this big cloud over me that was like, well, I'm not going to grow my business while I'm working in this other job because I don't have the time and I, I, I don't have enough hours to put into this. I need to put more hours in order to grow my business. And again, it was just this this line between work hard, make money. Um, and yeah, it, that has been something that's 
really been difficult or not difficult, but required a lot of inner work for me to play around with. And, and I'm finally at a point where I, I realize that I can make money while I'm sleeping, while I'm switched off, while I'm relaxed, while I'm having fun, like my, the money can still roll in because I'm open to receiving it. Um, so yeah, that was another thing that I really played out for me. And it, it's funny, it still does like, so Obviously, I've got my online business, like my business, which is all online and the business is set up in a way that women can just jump on my website and enroll in Alchemy Lane. I don't have to actually do anything. They can just do it all all themselves on their end. Um, the academy, same thing. They come in, they go through the program. Um, I, I, you know, I show up for the Q&A sessions and the um, like the opening call, but Otherwise, they can just plug into my business, pay me money without me physically being at a job, you know, the traditional job, nine to five kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's my business structure now. And I'm open to receiving money at all t- at, at all time. But it's funny, dad still makes comments like, why aren't you working today? Like, you know, you need you need money. Why aren't you working? I'm like, dad, I am making money right now as we speak, like an order could come through any minute. Um, so yeah, it's been, that's been difficult for me as well, getting them on board with this new way of making money and this new way of looking at money. Um, and, and yeah. And then, yeah, something else that I've, when I was just taking my notes was, I guess I kind of touched on this before, but just not knowing what it felt like to live in overflow. And while I had this vision for my life, I was like, I want to be so wealthy that I don't need to check my bank accounts to make sure there's money in there to pay for my groceries, which is what I used to have to do. I don't want to have to worry about, um, you know, not spending too much on a night out because I need the money to pay for rent or, or whatever. I just want to live in overflow. And that was my vision. But for so long, there was this huge separation between me and actually achieving a life with financial overflow. Like I just couldn't fathom having that much money, like way more money that I could even spend. I couldn't fathom being in so much overflow that I could literally just spend and spend and spend and there'll always be enough there. Um, and even talking to you, saying this now, it's kind of like, is that a thing? But abs- absolutely it is. And you know, I'm tapping into new levels of wealth. There's women out there now making incredible amounts of money. Like why not me? And why not you? Absolutely. We can. So just, again, just playing around with that programming and just changing my mindset when it came to money. Um, and then finally a huge thing for me was actually feeling worthy of making money. And again, that's a really weird thing to think about. Like, of course we all want to make more money. Of course we want our business to be successful. Of course we would want, you know, financial abundance. That's one thing. The other thing is actually feeling worthy to receive that. And I worked with a mentor last year, a lot on this stuff. And I was facing resistance in my business. The business wasn't growing at the level that I wanted, at the speed I wanted it to. And she's like, Jess, there's something in you that's afraid of making money. And there's something in you that's afraid of success. And I was like, why the hell would I be afraid to make more money? Or why would I be afraid of success? But there was an unconscious belief in me that was like, if you are successful, I don't know what that's going to look like. I've never experienced that level of wealth before. That's so uncomfortable for me. If I reach that level of wealth, you know, I just, I I don't know what that's going to look like or feel like. And that's scary. And that's a lot of the stuff that I do with my clients now is working through that subconscious block. Um, But that, yeah, that was huge for me. And I did the inner work and obviously I, I feel worthy to receive now. And I'm so grateful that I can, uh, you know, like, 
we're still in August. Yeah. August has been my biggest month in business to date. Um, and two and a half to three weeks of the first part of this month, my family were here and I was out drinking wine and eating delicious food and just hanging out with them. But yet my business still had its biggest month. So that, that was, that was a huge moment for me because it shows that the inner work that I've been doing on my money mindset and my worthiness for success is paying off because yeah, like I said, when I first started my network marketing business, the momentum was not there. Um, I only made money if I physically showed up. And now the fact that I'm having my biggest month while I was technically switched off for like two and a half weeks, um, energetically switched on to receiving money, but like physically not showing up for work is a real testament um, to the amount of inner work that I've done. And yeah, it's been a really proud month for me. Um, but yeah, in essence, it's just been a huge journey to just look at money from a different, in a different way and from a different belief and just moving away from the limiting belief that I had that making money is hard. It's, it's going to run out. It's a limited resource to know like money is just energy that we can draw to us. Once we are an energetic match, there is, there is unlimited amount of money to go around. Um, and we all have, have the ability to tap into that level of, of that, that level of wealth and financial freedom if we choose to do so. And, you know, there's a new way of doing things where you don't have to physically be showing up and working six days a week, 10 hours a day, like my dad did to make money. Like that's, there's a new way now. And so just getting comfortable with that new way, but at an unconscious level, at a subconscious level, because, you know, it's one thing to consciously say, I want a life of time, freedom and financial abundance and passive income and all of these fun things. Um, you can consciously say that, which is what I did when I first started my network marketing business. But if you've still got those subconscious beliefs around making money is hard, you have to work really hard for success. You're not worthy of, of money. You're not worthy of that level of wealth, blah, 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 blah. You're going to have that block and resistance. So for me, it's been getting comfortable with a new way of looking at money at an unconscious level, at a subconscious level, so that my programming now is, is wealth, is financial abundance and actually, you know, being like, yeah, that's how I look at money. Um, and I, I have moments where, again, it's confirmation of how far I've come. I used to wake up and the first thing I would think about when I was, you know, in debt on my credit cards or whatever, it was like, I would just get this feeling in the pit of my stomach of like just financial stress. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pay that next credit card payment off or, you know, we've got a holiday coming up with family and I don't have any savings. Like, you, you know, the feeling, I'm sure you've all felt it. Just that anxious feeling about, money. Um, and I hated it because yeah, like I said, all I wanted was financial freedom. So I have, I have days now where I wake up and I'm like, wow, that feeling's gone. I, I don't feel stressed about money and no matter what, if the business is having a shitty month or it's having an incredible month, I just don't stress about money anymore because I've, I've reprogrammed myself to know that it is an unlimited resource and, there's no point stressing about it. And the more you stress about not having money, the more you're creating that separation and that resistance and that scarcity. It's, it's not good for anyone. So just choosing to look at money in a different way, in a different light has just been such a game changer. And it's had a ripple effect throughout my business, throughout my relationship, um, throughout conversations and yeah, just the way I now look at life. And as I said, I got brought up on, on the belief or at least it played out in my adulthood was, 
if I buy a house, I can't do this. Or if I do that, I can't do that. And now look at life as this, like, I can do it all. We can, we can do it all. We don't have to sacrifice. We don't have to choose. We can just make an, enough money to do it all, um, to travel, to have the house, to have the car, to have whatever you can, you can have it all. And money gets to provide that for you. Um, and yeah, just moving from that end or, end or mentality to end, end, end. What else can I do? How much more money can I make? How much can I increase my income so that I can have it all? Um, and just drilling those new beliefs into the subconscious over and over again. Um, and I've just realized the time. So I'm going to have to wrap this up because I have an appointment in 20 minutes. But um, just to wrap up, I th- thought I would just say, as I said, I've just drilled all of those new beliefs into my subconscious, but something that's been really um, paramount in 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 my new programming is meditation. I talk a lot about that on here because it has been so important to my inner journey, um, but as well as just making the conscious decision each time I feel stressed about money or each time I feel stressed about the business or, sec- or success or I feel myself subconsciously self-sabotaging just making the conscious decision that just that is just coming from an old way of thinking, an old story that you don't need to believe anymore. Um, choose the new programming. Um, so yeah, it's 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 um it's a it's a nice feeling. And as I said, I have these little moments throughout my day where I'll, I'll notice that I'm not defaulting to my old way of thinking and my old patterns. And instead, I'm I'm coming from the future me where overflow and abundance is my only way and my only standard and I'm making decisions from that way. So yes, I hope that has provided some insight about, I guess, my story, why I'm so passionate about helping you change your unconscious limiting beliefs, helping you change the way you look and feel about money um, and just show that it hasn't all been rosy for me and Yes, I, you know, I just came from a normal family, um, an incredible normal average family um, who has been able to create now a business that is so left field to anything that I ever got brought up on, paving a completely different way of doing things and it's working for me. So um, yeah, I hope that just provides some inspiration for you as well. And if I can do it, so can you. <laughs> um, but anyways, I better go because Jazz is, my best friend Jazz is finishing her nursing degree she's becoming a cosmetic nurse and she can finally inject and do Botox and all of the stuff. So I'm her model today. I trust her. Um, she, she can't stuff it up cause she has to look at me every single week. So, um, but yes, I'm her, I'm her canvas today. So that's where I'm heading for my appointment now. PS, if you're on the Gold Coast, um, cosmetic nurse Jasmine is her Instagram and she practices out of Bow Aesthetic in Palm Beach. Hit her up. She's incredible. Um, but anyways, I'm going to leave it there. So I'm not late for my appointment as always. Thank you so much for being here. Let me know if this one has resonated with you. Please, please, please share the podcast on your social media. It helps me grow it. It helps me impact more women. And I always just love to see who's tuning in, but have the best day. And I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Abundant and Aligned podcast. If you love this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave your review and rating. It'll help other girls out there just like you find the podcast and be inspired to build their dream life too. But in the meantime, keep shining and I'll talk to you soon.